Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How is long? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet wiener. Oh, listen, Lavernius, shit feet. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. All right, welcome to the second hour. Here we go. You have found the Barbecue Central show. And boy, are we excited. Oh, totally excited. We got the embedded correspondence at some point here in the second hour, probably in about 14 minutes from now. We got plenty of topics to go round and round about here. It's going to be good. You know, I can't hear you, right? No? Oh, all right. Uh, uh, oh. It's a flying hot dog, everybody. Look out, Doug. Look out, flying hot dogs, Doug. Look out. No, no, flying hot dogs. Get that wiener out of here. That's what she said. <laughs> All right. <laughs> nice. Sweet wiener. <laughs> Who knows what's happening behind the scenes here of the show? I can tell you that. All of a sudden, there's a floating wiener around the studio. Good night. Anyway. Uh, happy to have you aboard here. Uh, 216-220-0966. Greg at com is the email address. You can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and Snapchat slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook where you can also see a live video feed of the show. Trying to pull up this document here, and for some reason, it's not. I'm see. I'm probably using too much bandwidth again. I even dropped down a notch. I man, I can't wait to get the hell out of here so I can go somewhere where there's real upload speeds, like Willoughby, Ohio. Get the hell out of Wicked. I've got enough. Constantly hamstrung by some BS upload speeds. I got nothing going on here. It's outrageous. Anyway. Uh, episode 130 of the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less is coming up this Friday. So if you've been a fan for the first 129 episodes, you're in luck because there's going to be 130 episodes coming up on Friday. If you listened to the show last week, right about this time, you heard me take a run at my good pal Meathead for his extremely lackluster Barbecue Hall of excuse me, a lackluster barbecue hall of fame nomination for me. Many of you emailed and messaged me over the course of the week, admonishing me for being so rude to him. <laughs> Look, the overriding theme through the messages was that I should have been way more grateful that he even bothered to take the dime to do it. Well, as I said last week, do me the favor and don't bother. <laughs> If it's going to be like that, don't. Don't do it. In fact, in fact, I don't like to pull out the ban card, but I ban any of you from nominating me going forward if you're going to produce and send such elementary nominations with my name on them. In fact, kids in elementary school laughed at how crappy the nomination for Meathead was. So please, don't tell me what a dick I am because I wasn't falling over myself with thanks to Meathead. The bottom line is, if you aren't going to sell me to the committee, why bother? I don't make it down the road because of number of times nominated. I need to, I need to be one of the nine that makes the most sense for the folks that make that list. And by the way, and may I repeat, answering one of the questions... 
with the answer, I have no idea, is not doing me any good. As my good friend Jim Rome says, it's not helping him, it's hurting him. Answering one of the questions with I have no idea is not helping my cause. That cannot happen. It's like getting caught cheating in chemistry class. It can happen. If you're going to do it, make sure you do it, that you don't get caught. Give me a proper nomination. Don't write I have no idea. I mean, quite frankly, as I said last week, it is insulting. You would be insulted if somebody did that for you. Uh, Email from a listener in regards to the American Idol-related finale in May. I'm just getting to the email now. I apologize. Dear Greg, you've got good pipes for an amateur. As I declare you the winner, narrowly squeaking by a solid effort from Reiser. Grill on, Kevin Plowecki, Toledo, Ohio embedded correspondent. Kevin, what's up? By the way... Kevin introduced me to a Toledo staple and standby, that being Tony Paco's Pickles and Peppers. I don't know if that's like a thing. It might just be a regional thing here or hyper-local. The Heinen's up by me carries Tony Paco's Pickles and Peppers. They're dill to an extent, but then they have a whole other flavor profile going on with them that I really like. So or Kevin introduced me to these and Kevin's got great taste all the way around. I mean, he thinks I'm a better singer than Reiser was, which I would never disagree with. And he introduced me to Tony Paco's pickles and peppers and they're delicious. Even my kids like Tony Paco's pickles and peppers. They're really delicious. So I'm trying and trying and trying to not get here, but folks, I apologize. It got here. With three minutes and 48 seconds left, it got here. Mark the date. June 23rd, 2020, in the midst of corona from the NewYorkPost.com. Doctors beg men not to masturbate with banana peels. Uh-oh. That's right. Doctors have warned horny young men to refrain from using banana peels to masturbate. The latest bizarre sex trend circulating on social media. In a quote, it's the closest thing to a oral manipulation, wrote one Randy Redditor who claims he's been doing it for years. <laughs> However, Dr. Deanna Gill of Prescription Service Doctor for You, that sounds legitimate, cautions against the prospective practice. In a quote, you could develop a rash and sores on the penis which could be painful and might lead to infection. Uh Jeez. Not only that, but she claims a person with a fruit or latex allergy could be more susceptible to reaction from banana skin. In a quote, a person with a banana allergy is more likely to be allergic to other substances, such as latex or other fruits and vegetables, she said. So if you're allergic to latex condoms, You might also be allergic to banana skins. Oh, and doctor, also that's creepy. Gil's not the only naysayer. One Redditor user recounted a harrowing, cautionary tale where he used the banana skin to masturbate and allegedly ended up falling falling in the mess I made, hit my head on the toilet, and barely lived to tell the tale. (laughs) What? However, supporters of the organic orgasm induencer feel it's too good to pass up. Subscribers to Jack and World, the self-proclaimed ultimate male masturbation resource, gave the Banana Man 4.5 out of 5 stars with 359 votes cast so far. The site also provides a tutorial on how to perform the act and even advised Warming the peel for added effect. <laughs> Commenters seconded this sentiment in a quote. I've used the banana skin technique occasionally for many years now. And I'm 78, said one banana skin supporter. The bigger the banana, the better, added another. 
Banana peels aren't the first unconventional item employed by pleasure seekers. This past November, gynecologists warned women not to masturbate with electric toothbrushes because it could cause trauma to the delicate vulva area. What the fuck is going on with you people? Banana skins? Electric toothbrushes? Holy moly. Don't you people just go on the internet and search porn like the rest of us? You're warming up banana peels and digitally manipulating yourself? What the hell is going on? No wonder coronavirus is running amok. You people are crazy. Johnny, honey, don't forget to get extra bananas. Why? Never mind. Make sure they're extra big. And is the microwave working? I got a lot of work to do when you're at work tomorrow, honey. Don't worry about that. Holy moly. Three months that take has been sitting in the to get to. (laughs) This was the month that happened. So, gentlemen, if you are using banana peels to masturbate, don't do that. Uh Doctors say it's bad. You could get a rash on the penis. That's bad, too. Holy moly. You know the first question coming out to the Embedded Correspondence when we come out of this break. I can tell you that. Hey, the barbecue guru has always believed outdoor cooking should be easy and fun because it can be, especially with the Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition Grill. The Monolith is the world's first temperature-controlled smoker with a built-in power draft fan. This means smarter control, greater freedom with automatic temperature control. Easily choose your cooking time and temperature and let the Monolith do the work of a sous chef or a barbecue pitmaster with minimal effort. You now have oven-like precision at the grill, and you can serve the tastiest, juiciest meals each and every time. By the way, if you have a Guru controller already and you get the monolith, you don't need to buy a new controller to have it operate. Just hook the controller right up to the bottom of the draft fan that's already built into it, and away you go. Very exciting. Don't forget the new controllers are out too, the Ultra Q and the the, uh, Nano Q and the Ultra Q. Plus the big cooker, the shotgun. And you also have the uh, monoliths I just mentioned here, too. Uh, BBQGuru.com is the website, 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. Ask them all the questions, and then you're outfitted with exactly what you need, and you're off and running when it comes. The Embedded Correspondents are running next. Stick around. We'll be right back. Visits from a killer hog, a cooking guy, a man named Meathead, the author of Barbecue Bible, a grill girl, a bristly barbecue journalist, and the male feasance of the barbecue world known as the Embedded Correspondence. Only found right here on the Barbecue Central Show. That's right. And this portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet. Currently available in two sizes with a host of accessories. Whether you're a beginner or professional, definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal. Visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. Why not? Someday I'll get down to that lifestyle room. That's going to be fun and exciting. Hey, it is the fourth Tuesday of the month, and you know what that means? A visit from the Embedded Correspondents. Here we go. It's Doug Shiding to my right, if you're looking, and John Solberg just below me. Jeff Rice, caddy corner, bottom right. Gentlemen, appreciate you joining me here. So here we go, right around the dais, as promised. Doug Shiding up first, yes or no? Jacking it with used banana peels? Never heard of it. Never heard of it. All right, that's lie number one. John Solberg, jacking it with (laughs) banana peels. I'm not. I'm not. And Jeff Rice, have you ever tried jacking it with a banana peel? Are you on mute, Jeff? He pulled a Doug. (laughs) (laughs) Are you there? You can hear me, right? Uh Uh-oh, he can hear... That's the worst when you can hear me, but we can't hear you. That means there's a button pushed or you know something something crazy has happened. 
That's and then you know it's like the pressure's on. Got to find it. Got to find it. Mm. Reboot. All right. Well, unfortunately, he's left himself up to my answer. Yes, he's the one that's tried. Of course, I have not. So. Yeah, there you go. Ring of fire, a whole new definition. John, let me ask you as we start out here in the embedded correspondence segment uh, this morning. I see a well. I guess it was this afternoon when I actually saw it on Instagram. Was a very sexy picture of a pulled turkey sandwich. Now I've heard of pulled chicken. We've all heard of pulled pork. Uh, sometimes, uh, like chopped brisket, which is not necessarily pulled brisket. But I've seen uh, many different sandwiches. But I can't say I've ever seen a pulled turkey. So, uh, where's the inspiration? And give us the down and dirty on the prep and and the service. Uh, last week, uh, Dr. Barbecue, was he's doing his stuff for the uh, National Turkey Federation now, yep. the Serve Turkey Board, and he was doing a video, it was Twittered up on a pulled turkey recipe, and I said, that looks like, you know, I eat a lot of turkey, always got them in the freezer, so I said, I got to give this a run, thought out a turkey, uh, prep's pretty easy, it's, you know, like a half hour prep, a little bit of oil, a little bit of rub, some celery, some onions, uh, some apples, you pan cook it, uh, cover it, cook it up to about 190 and pull it Whoa. and it's it is really fantastic <laughs> it's really it's like i was uh i knew it'd be good but it's better than i thought it would be hmm. um now was it a just like a turkey breast or was it whole whole turkey small whole turkey it was a small whole turkey hmm. you know i tend to buy those nine to eleven pound birds when they're on sale put them in the deep freeze you know cook them cook them up and uh so th- th- it was th- i think that was just north of 10 pounds that bird i did whole how long does that take to cook? Um, it took me about four hours in the cooker to to get it up mm-hmm. to, uh, to to get it up pushed above that one eighty to that one ninety spot. Uh, were you uh, concerned that getting it up to that temperature would, uh, even though you were able to pull it, uh, that it would lead to a dry product in the end? I was concerned with it, but there's there's a lot of liquid in the pan. You are you're not braising it up till the end, so it is open. You actually make some slashes in the meat, and you make a a rub and oil mix, and you put that down in the crack. So it's it's fairly oiled up. Uh, there was no dryness on it. You flip it halfway over, so half cooking in the liquid, then you finish it up with the other other side cooking in the liquid. Uh-huh. It, it was not, and then you pull it into that liquid, the cooking liquid. So it was beautifully moist and tender and. It was just succulent. Wow. All right. And so, like, how much do you have as a yield? Like, you're going to be eating it for days now? Yeah, I've actually vacuum-packed up a bunch oh. of it and froze it. You know, some will go to the parents and um, things like that. Yeah, so it's – and that's pretty normal. A lot of vacuum sealing and freezing going on here. So this is something that you would highly recommend people give a shot? Absolutely. And if they don't mind, just Google serve turkey – and it'll take you to the National Turkey Federation, and then there's a recipe link. And I actually looked over there. There's a lot of great recipe, and Ray has several really cool recipes over there as well. So it was a newfound resource for me. All right, so pulled turkey. Now let's go down here. Are you there, Jeff? Oh, sorry. I can hear myself. Oh, oh, I can hear you. I can hear you. I can hear you. I can hear you. You're... All right. You're All right, in. good. I'm here, yeah. All right. I have... Um, I have not actually had. I don't know what happened here, Greg. To be honest with you, so is there a banana um, peel around not, your feet? <laughs> <laughs> well, you gave me inspiration there on that segment, yeah. so you never know. But now I've never actually had um, you know, pulled turkey. I've had pulled chicken, but I've never had pulled turkey. All right, uh, Doug. Let me go back up to you since you single-handedly blow uh, broke the internet last week with your uh, Kazo Traeger recipe, uh, specifically uh, some other competing cooker uh, tried to get you banned off of Facebook and other uh, social media events because of your uh, Kazo <laughs> recipe. Uh, tell us about that and how to make Well, yeah, it was uh, actually Matt Pittman that uh, he had contacted me. He made it four times the first week of COVID when he was at his uh, at his lake house, and uh, so he shot a video and he contacted me. Hey, can you know? Can I shoot shoot the video and release it? I'm sure. I said, sure, go ahead. Just you know, tag me or whatever. Mention my name, and so he did it. And uh, when he launched the the video, 
the big green egg uh, barbecues forum, they uh, they banned individual posts of, of queso on a daily basis that whoever was first on the queso post, you had to post underneath that queso post. So it was quite funny. And uh, I've heard that the, uh, somebody, you know, messaged me today that the Kamado people are taking it over. Um, I, I'm not on those groups and stuff, but they're claiming it's their own and, oh, wow. and not using my name, but whatever, you know, so it, it's been hilarious. Um, I will say that uh, I don't know what the Traeger numbers are, but uh, Head Country, I have a queso recipe on Head Country. Um, that got over 6,000 hits. In a really? Week. So what's the fact? I mean, it's crazy. Queso has been around like since the dawn of time. But like, what's the fascination with it now, do you think? Uh, I don't know, because it's so easy to use and it, um, it doesn't coagulate like most quesos do. So um, it's just it's just an easy recipe. It's one I've used for years and years, and I just decided to kind of hone it down and cook it on the on the smoker and uh, and release it so i've got one on traeger's website which is uses canned goods and then i've got one on head countries that i developed um at their request which uses fresh ingredients what's the traeger one can you give us some high level uh, sure sure yeah high level so a pan of uh hot pork uh breakfast sausage be sure to drain the grease uh two block uh two pound block of Velveeta cheese or queso blanco whatever you can get um i like to use smoked gouda so a pound of smoked gouda you know uh, uh dice that up a 10 ounce can of rotel diced tomatoes and green chilies and then a 10 ounce rotel fire roasted diced tomatoes <laughs> and then the key ingredient is cream of mushroom soup so a lot of people freak out well i don't like mushrooms i don't yeah that's cream of something cream of chicken may be a little uh a little salty but uh you know cream of garlic or cream of jalapeno you know matt was doing cream of jalapeno today so that's a thing cream of something yeah cream of jalapeno never heard i don't recommend cream of poblano that 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 gave it a weird weird because I did try it with that, and then uh, four tablespoons of a of a barbecue rub. My recipe calls for Traeger coffee rub. Use something that has low salt. I, uh, the only people that I saw that uh, had probably of the thousands of, of things I've, I've seen, only two people used holy cow, which was a little uh, a little salty. But use uh, Matt Pittman's if you're a, a meat church. Uh, disciple use his uh, voodoo that seems to be good and then after it's done you cook that on your smoker at about 350 for 45 minutes and use a little uh chopped cilantro hmm. on top just to kind of garnish it so um i made some this weekend my favorite ingredient is chorizo i didn't put oh. that in the recipe because a lot of people don't uh, drain the grease enough and then i added two cups of 505 costco green chilies all right uh ricer have you ever had uh, queso Mm-hmm. Yep. You a fan yep. of that? Yeah, I like it a lot, actually. I think that's I like that better in salsa, to be honest with you, with some tortilla chips and stuff. So what have you what about you, Jen? Do you like that stuff? I I do. Okay. I like it. I like anything cheesy. Yeah, we used to make a I don't even know what the hell you cut I know it involved at least one brick of Velveeta cheese, if that is cheese or whatever mm-hmm. the hell you call that plastic uh, brick stuff. And then I think there was a can of salsa in it and some meat, and that might have been it. Uh, and it was pretty pop. But I mean, God, that might have been ten or eleven years ago, and I don't think we've ever made it since. But uh, I see that the queso is really starting to make a rise again it's here easy. over the last week or. So. I mean, that's got to be it, right? I mean, everybody's eaten everything at this point, so queso uh, is making the round. But it's like a, a flare pants. You know, hot in the seventies, and you know, making the return again in the fashion because everything is cyclical. All right, uh, so that's Doug's Kazo dip. He's got a Traeger version. He's got a Head Country version. If you'd rather you uh, fresh ingredients, so search those on the internet. All right, uh, so let's go ahead and make the trip around. Uh, Doug, we'll start with you. Uh, best gift for Father's Day, given or gotten? The best gift I've given is uh, well, was it two years ago? At a, I t- taught a class. Uh, local class and my dad attended and then uh, it was around father's day and what i did is i gave him a pro uh, traeger pro 22 and he had always been a gas grill guy mm-hmm. and um, i had forgotten um long time ago my grandparents used to own a, a butcher shop so he loves to grill meat and, and stuff and so now 
he never uses his grill and he uses the Traeger a couple of times a week and, you know, you know, grills, uh, you know, two or three mils at, at a time. And so it's actually been very cool. And net, when we go over for Christmas, of course, he's, he's using his, his uh, Traeger to smoke his turkey. Are you surprised um, that he's Christmas, using it that so. much? Yes. Yeah. Yes. My, my dad's military and you're either part of the problem or part of the solution. So he's very, you know, black and white on that and uh, not much gray. And, but uh, yeah, he loves it. And uh, my mother uh, says it's the, you know, the best, most tender steaks that she's ever had. So um, he likes that, that he can do steaks and, and mom can eat it. So, yeah. Um, and probably the best the best gift that I got this year is I bought myself a new MK4 with the uh, magnetic uh, glow in the dark condom. Nice. Well, we we love those here. We love the glow in the dark condom. <laughs> Holy moly! We're getting into it here tonight, guys. I don't know about that. Uh, John Solberg, uh, best Father's Day gift given or gotten? Uh, the best Father's Day gift that I could ever hope for ever. Yes. was that I actually had my father here this Father's Day. How about that? So I got another Father's Day with Dad. Good job. And that's all I can ever ask for. And that's that's Drop the mic. All right. Uh, and Ricer, best Father's Day gift given or got? Well, it'd be uh, gotten. Uh, yeah. My boys for the past two years have done um, videos with me for my YouTube channel. So they get in there and they do a little talking with me. And it's it's a lot of fun to have them a part of that. So that, that that's what I'd say. We did that actually on Father's Day, made another video. So. Right, so I think the best gift that I ever got on Father's Day might have been this Father's Day where I got a really cool multi-use. Uh, there's some gimmicky name uh, like uh, the, the quick saw or the diamond saw. So it's like a little hand... Uh, looks like a hacksaw kind of a thing, but it's got three or four different blades. You can uh, make it into a uh, a single saw blade where you can actually cut through a piece. Because otherwise, if it was like a hacksaw, you'd get through one part, but then the top frame would eventually hit the top of the wood that you're in. You, but you can take the whole bottom part out. You can put in a whole nother uh, saw edge to that, and you can just use it as a regular saw. And then there's a uh, like a rolled... Uh, glass, uh, not like diamond cut kind of a thing. So you can saw through glass, but it also has a glass cutting uh, uh, circle on the top. So you can, uh, this thing is magic. I immediately went out and started uh, cutting everything out in the backyard to, to just different lengths, nothing that I needed, but to see how quickly this thing was cutting in the YouTube video, I was like, there's no way it's this easy. They must've sped up the time just to show you to not bore you, but no way. I mean, I was through pieces of wood in a matter of seconds or minutes, depending. I cut like a whole piece of drywall in half in, in one minute. It was absolutely fantastic. So that's uh, easily my favorite gift now. because, And it also fits in my brand new tool bag that I got for myself because uh, we're getting ready to move here in the next couple of weeks. So I finally did away with the old school tackle box. Toolbox was housed like four wrenches and two screwdrivers and random pieces of shit that I've put in there from assembling stuff the wrong way, and I just put the extra stuff, which might not have been extra, into the toolbox. And uh, finally, I got a nice bag where uh, you open the top, and it like poof, pitches open like a big rectangle, so you can put big stuff. And then it's got holsters and loops and stuff around the side. Boy, I feel like a real man with this thing. Of course, it just sits in the basement. I don't ever use it, but it's got all my stuff hanging around it. It's very great. So uh, very excited for that uh, for that saw uh, that I got this year. All right, um, now this was a question that I forgot to ask Derek Riches about, but I had talked about at the top of the show, and this was a question coming in from uh, Kevin in Chicago, and I hadn't heard about this, but I figured we would go around the dais here and see what everybody's personal situation is. Uh, we'll go over to the Texas correspondent. Doug, have you heard anything or are you seeing anything in regards to a charcoal shortage where you're at or anywhere around you? Well, I don't sh shop for charcoal. Um, but having said that, I've seen nothing on Facebook, which would be my only news outlet source for that. And I've seen a bunch of people getting B&B &B mail calls and a lot more getting FOGO charcoal hmm. mail calls like by the pallet. Yeah. Um, but I, but I haven't heard anything about charcoal shortage now. John, have you seen or heard anything of a charcoal shortage? 
Nothing. And everywhere I have go- gone, it appears to be there. So I see I see no shortage of supply. And you're kind of self-sufficient on top of that. As far as a lump from a lump charcoal standpoint, yeah. yeah but I do keep a really good stock of uh, Kingsford briquettes. But typically, I, I won't. I won't have to make a buy for the summer. How much I'm, are you I'm buying at one time on a on a Kingsford thing? Uh, well, you know, I try to buy at least ten doubles. Uh, the sales have kind of gone away. It used to be the great sale, the yeah. nine ninety eight sale. Uh, but uh, and then if when the sales would hit, I'd buy twenty bags. Um, typically, I probably burn about twelve hundred pounds of briquettes a year. Wow! So, you know buy four or five hundred pounds at a time all right uh ricer seeing any charcoal shortages or issues where you're at in wisconsin no i do not see any of that issues at at least the box stores that i go to i mean i've just picked up two bags yesterday so there was a whole <laughs> those weren't the last two bags so. where you were at <laughs> no 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 i just picked up two bags because i had a, my card yeah I'm sorry but wow we yeah whoopee yeah well, like I said in the beginning of the show, I have seen zero shortage at all. I mean, if if anything, there might have been a surplus because we had the Kingsford double bag on sale at Lowe's when we were through there, and Home Depot had a bunch. Uh, and the same goes through the all the lump brands that they're carrying as well. In fact, Ace had uh, three different brands of lump, and they were all high level. There was the is it Rockwood lump, which I've heard uh, nothing but good things. B and B lump was out there. Royal Oak was out there. Uh, they're actually supposed to be getting those uh, B&B char logs, which I had put in an email request for, too, because I wanted to try to use those to supplement my stick burner uh, just so I could stretch out some of the split tosses. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, let's see where we're at. All right, so you guys hang out here just for one second, and I'll do this piece of business, and then we can start talking about uh, competition barbecue stuff and what the 2020 season might look like for the remainder, and also what about competition pay-per-views? Is anybody into competition pay-per-views? We'll talk about that when we get back as well. But first, I will talk to you about Southside Market and Barbecue, established in 1882. Southside is the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations, famous for the original beef sausage, coarse ground and a natural pork casing, They also have authentic Central Texas barbecue as well. All meats, including their prime briskets, are smoked low and slow for many hours over real Texas post oak wood. They ship nationwide via the online store, southsidemarket.com. Shipping customers can choose to order now and ship later. Include a custom gift note and mail to multiple addresses without additional charges. All shipped items are vacuum sealed to ensure freshness and ease of preparation for the customer. All meats processed in that on-site USDA-inspected facility... Two restaurants if you want to eat. Elgin, Texas since 1882 and Bastrop, Texas since 2014. Grocery distribution through Texas and many surrounding states as well. If you are shopping on southsidemarket.com as you're checking out and getting ready to close out the deal, it might ask you for a coupon code. Save 10% off the entire online order with code BBQCENTRAL. That's B-B-Q-C-E-N-T-R-A-L, all one word, lowercase. And again, that gets you 10% off the entire order. Good each and every time you go to southsidemarket.com. So it's not just your first time, but every time you go there. Southsidemarket.com, promo code BBQ Central, and that saves you 10%. Sausage slammers, beef sausage, jalapeno cheddar, the regular sauces, country sausage, all super good. If you really like it and you want to sell it, but you want to use your own name on it, they have private label opportunities available as well. Get a hold of them through the website, inquire about that. Then you can have an already established product with your name on it. People think you made it. Go ahead and lie and collect the revenue. We're back with more embedded correspondence right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome back. And this portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield.com throughout this grilling season for recipes as well as tips and tricks. 
You can check out World Championship Pat, uh, World Championship Pit Masters like Chris Lilly, Darren Worth, or Cervantes and Charles Cridlin with mouthwatering flavor and no artificial ingredients. Smithfield Fresh Pork, quite simply, some of the finest pork money can buy. Trusted choice of World Championship Pitmasters for use in competitions and at their home. And Smithfield is starting to roll out more and more here as uh, things start to uh, reopen up. So we are joined by Doug Scheiding and John Solberg and Jeff Rice, the embedded correspondents right here. Uh, Doug to the right, uh, John Solberg below, and Jeff Rice there on the bottom right. All right, guys, so let's talk a little bit about the competition stuff. First and foremost, before we get into what 2020 might end up looking like and how many more competitions we're going to see go on the chopping block here as the Jack Daniels was just cut down earlier today. Two weeks ago, we saw the first foray into pay-per-view. We've seen it with boxing. We've seen it with MMA. We've seen it with a lot of high-line sporting events where you pay a certain fee and then you get exclusive access into the sporting event if you're not there live in person. So Competition Barbecue tried to do this. It was at a place, believe it or not, in Youngstown, Ohio. I can't believe they were out there. And they traveled out six of you know the top teams to go head-to-head. I think they were billing it as a live competition, which it ended up taking place during the day on that Tuesday, and then they were filming as it was happening and then uh, kind of showed the packages but then uh, sprinkled in some live stuff in between. Uh, a $10 entry fee. I talked to Dane Neal, who was uh, in charge of uh, putting this together to uh, probably a fairly large degree as he was uh, doing some kind of partnership with Fight TV. I couldn't really get a gauge uh, from the people that were watching it. There wasn't a lot of scuttlebutt on Facebook leading up to it or after on if it was a tremendous success, on if it was a steaming pile of shit or somewhere in between. So as you guys have your fingers on the pulse as well and trusted in the inner circle here, uh, Doug, your thoughts on, uh, I guess, A, a barbecue pay-per-view, number one. Two, if you heard anything about it or actually boned out for it, and C, is it something that you could see happening in the future to some degree of success? Um, I The only reason I heard about it was from you. I think you had... Uh, <laughs> clued us in right so uh and and that you were going to watch it like monday night with a free night and yeah and then uh, what tuesday was the uh, uh the actual pay-per-view so um i think it, it was i mean how could anybody watch it it was during your show i mean everyone should have been watching your show not the pay-per-view right but having said that and i think it was was it is it Dennis Busso or whatever you yeah. were saying that it was taped and it was two hours. And, and then uh, I did find it a little humorous when Meathead was talking about it during his segment, uh, what, a couple of weeks ago, that he said, yeah, he might pay $10 if Darren Worth is going behind the curtains and telling all his secrets. $10? I mean, I'm paying <laughs> hundreds of dollars for this kind of information. Yeah. So, yeah, if it's that kind of thing, yeah, but if it's, you know, we're just going to go hang out or, you know, they're going to pre-tape something. No, that that's that's really not 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 my style. So, no. Jeff, your thoughts on uh, barbecue pay-per-view? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a uh, fun to look outside the box, but personally, I wouldn't pay anything to watch it unless like Doug just said, you get some inside tips. If they had the cooks doing some tips and tricks in it, yeah, then yeah, then it'd be worth it. But if it's just watch guys cook and giving each other high five. No, I'll pass. What about you, John? No, I'm, I ain't got time for that. I am not paying. <laughs> I didn't watch barbecue pit masters yet. Do you think I'm going to pay $10 yeah. to watch a fat man watch his smoker? It's yeah. not going to happen. Not going <laughs> to happen. Yeah. More retirement home happen. material for John. You save that 10 bucks. Yeah. You know, I did. I tuned into the live and I made it probably all of about 75 seconds Wow! because the, whoever was running the audio failed to turn on mics. So I was like, okay, I'm done. Mm. Bye. <laughs> all right. But, you know, all that aside, conceptually, does it have legs to go somewhere in the future or no? Not for me as a viewer. No. I'm not going to pay to watch a barbecue contest. Ever. Okay. Uh, uh, Jeff, you think it's got legs? If they hone it in a little bit, maybe, yeah. I mean, if they appeal to what I would be interested in, it would be just more 
tricks on a cooker or tricks on a certain type of protein, then yeah, maybe I would. What about you, Doug? Um, first, they need to hire a marketing department and maybe get like John Marcus or Meathead involved and get a little publication out there um, to say what it's really going to be. Uh, I couldn't figure out what we were going to get for our doors. Um, barbecue competitions are boring uh, unless you're at the award ceremony and then it's then it's OK. But otherwise, it's pretty boring, except on Friday night when you have a few bourbons. Yeah, I'm just saying. Then it starts to get loose and who knows what's happening. <laughs> Uh, look, I, I mentioned it before. Memphis in May was canceled last week. Uh, today, uh, as I mentioned coming out of the break, that the Jack Daniels have been cut down. Let's do this. Right now, I have the experts of experts sitting alongside and below me. And go around the table here. Percentage of odds as the American Royal will be shot down within the next two weeks. Zero percent means that it will happen as in this competition this competition will happen no matter what or 100% which means it is not going to happen no matter what where are the odds of the American Royal getting shot down and we go to John Solberg first 100% 100% holy moly and not even hesitate uh Doug Shiding 95% and the 5% is for each 1% for each of the Hall of Fame inductees. Because if they cancel the Royal, they're canceling the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Wow, you're right. Which, by the way, would have been a great year for me to go in, as I had mentioned before. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Rice, your thought on percentage of the American Royal getting shot down within the next two weeks? I'm going to say 75%. Just 75%. because things have been opened up. All right. Yeah. Because I see some things that are opening up. So. Okay. Well, what I want to say is that I had reached out to Emily Park and she got back to me with double secret exclusive news. So I could look like a genius here right now and say, I'm here to tell you. Unfortunately, I can't do that. I think she was probably wise. She knew it was Tuesday or she happened to look at a calendar, saw it was Tuesday, and it jogged her memory. And she's like, well, I can't give them too much information. Or conveniently, I will get a reply at 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. I want to say, I want to say right along with John, 100% that if Memphis in May is gone and it was postponed and then summarily shot and the Jack Daniels is shot today, how on earth can the American Royal take place knowing that the Open on a mediocre year is going to pull in 400 teams or 450 teams. And that doesn't count the invitational side, which is going to take maybe a third of those teams and compete on Saturday before the Open comes and, and everybody else piles in to do the Open side on Sunday where you're going to see 400 or 500. And some years, Doug, was it 600 teams or 650 teams or something like that approaching uh, Houston Livestock and Rodeo type stuff, right? Well, yeah, 607 teams the, uh, one of the years wow. I cooked it. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine, 2015. Can you imagine if that were – I mean, it's certainly not going to happen. Uh, they've been hurting for attendance because they've been jockeying around with the dates here over the last couple of years, also the venues over the last couple of years. So I want to be right there with John and say 100%. There's just no way that it makes sense that this would happen. However, I'm going to go with 50-50. I think there's wow. a 50% chance – that no matter what, the American Royal is going to push through so they can be the event that happened this year. With everything else getting wiped out, the Jacks wiped out, Memphis and May is wiped out. Any, I mean, uh, I was just talking to Rusty Monson uh, in the first hour, and he said two or three in the Rocky Mountain Barbecue Association were canceled just today. I mean, they're falling like flies. I think they want to be the one that is standing tall amongst everything else that's happened. I could be totally wrong, but I think we are 50-50. So go ahead and mark me down for a 50% chance. Doug, go ahead. I have actually heard, because the, the Houston Rodeo barbecue event went down because that was before COVID, right? A couple of weeks before yes, COVID. Right. But because someone got sick after the Houston rodeo, there were two or three uh, people, uh, the barbecue event, they shut down the rodeo during 
the Houston rodeo. Really? So they had, you know, stars lined up, you know, for the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the finals and stuff. They shut it down because people became sick after the Houston rodeo barbecue contest and uh, four or five people. So, and I've also heard they're considering possibly inside information, no names, please, um, not having it next year already. The Houston Livestock and Rodeo? Yes. Wow, already. That's that's many months in advance. Yeah, yeah the barbecue kind ah, Yeah. Yeah, wow. All right. Well, breaking news right here. I have decided that I am indeed wrong. I am going back. It's 100% chance that this thing is getting wiped out. There's no way. There's no way. I have immediately talked myself out of my complete idiocy. I mean, there's just no way. There's no way this thing is going to happen. All right. Um, competition scene in general. As, and we're just talking. We're not. I mean, Doug's a competitor. The rest of us are not necessarily competitors, but we know folks in it or talk to those folks. If you were a competitor, if you went to an event with 30 teams or 50 teams, there was an event uh, for KCBS this was past weekend. I think there were 62 teams that were over there. Given the state of where we are in the country, Doug, would you be attending a barbecue event with 30, 50, or 60 teams, more or less? Um, No. There are, I mean, there's an event this weekend 30 miles from my home. I am not even considering going to that. The, The first weekend this opened up, let's say, I think it was probably three weeks ago, four weeks ago, there was the SCA you know, event up in Utah and yep. Alabama that next weekend, there were two or three contests, uh, down here. Um, IBCA was, was the, uh, uh, the judging, uh, organization. The one of the events had 120 teams and they had to, <laughs> they had to lock it down wow. and no one else could register. So they had, they went on Facebook, stop calling the promoter. It's closed. No more room, wow. et cetera. Um, no, I saw, you know, IBCA came out with an email today, you know, regarding, I don't think they require a mask and maybe that's up to the promoter. Um, but if it's in the city of San Antonio, masks have to be worn at all times, um, uh, despite what uh, the governor Abbott had said. And uh, so you know, they've, they had rules the, that came out today with regard to the judging tents. They're making the judging tents bigger because they definitely don't want, people don't want to come out and judge thinking they might you know, catch the seat. So, um, they're, they're trying to make it safer for judges. So, um, but yeah, no, thanks. All right. Uh, John, if you were competing, uh, would you be anchoring in at this point? I, I'm not going, I'm not, I'm not going, I'm staying out of it. I'm, um, if I catch it, I'm going to die. So I'm not taking any risks. <laughs> All right. Let me ask you this. I don't know how how any of us are able to really answer this question, honestly. Uh, maybe Jeff can because he's probably a little closer. But let's say you were 25 or 30 years old. Would you have a different mindset to that? Probably um, because at 25, you're bulletproof. So, you know, uh, so I'm sure that I would. Um, have a different mindset and I think it'd be more recoverable or I wouldn't even maybe necessarily take it as seriously hmm. because you're you're a bulletproof at 25. What about you, Doug? You think if you were 25 or 30, you'd have a difference of opinion? Um, maybe my mindset would be different, but uh, man, just look at the numbers. Uh, we had over 5,000 new cases in Texas today. I mean, we keep going up and up and up. My wife works at a hospital. They had uh, in the last Wednesday, 200 beds full with COVID p- patients at, at the hospital. Wow. They've got over 412 as of Sunday. Wow. So they've over doubled the number of, of bed COVID beds and no, I'm not. I'm not doing it. I was talking to a, a random barbecue cook today, um, and their high school graduation. Um, one, you know, his wife caught it because they hugged somebody hmm. at the, and so they were actually on the last day of their quarantine. Uh, Jeff, your thoughts on if you were a competitor, would you be going somewhere this weekend or next weekend? With 30, 40, 50, 60 teams. Uh, yes, I would. You would I'd go. You would. Yeah, I'd go. Why? I mean. Well, I don't really feel that there's been enough evidence in my age and my, I'm a lean, mean, mean fight machine, man. So, I mean, uh, I, I got good lungs. So what does I'm that going. mean, good lungs? Well, I mean, like you I run? Lungs, man. Yeah. Well, no, I can just breathe. I got a heavy breath. You know? No, I mean, I, I, I don't. 
I am not afraid of it. I'm not afraid of it. So I would go right there. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Heavy breath. Another EC heavy with heavy breathing. breathing. Yeah. Oh boy. That's yeah. Right. So I mean, I would go. I'd go there. Yeah. I would. I in a heartbeat. Do you? Do you? So, uh, like I mean, you are you guys? Part of my job. I mean. Are you guys operating well, like fully open where you're at? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, pretty much, except for the schools and some of the the you know the gyms and stuff like that. So, but you know, we we didn't we we had one case I think in my county. So, are you just like uh, in rural in a rural area? Then you're not like in in cityville. Yeah, more rural, but I mean, we're, Norwegians and Germans are pretty tough, you know. So I mean, I don't know. I, I really? mind you. I mean, I, I I travel the whole state all every week. I'm all over the whole state of Wisconsin, and I meet a lot of people every week. And I have not met one person that's had it or knows somebody that's had it. So I mean, whatever. I don't. I'm not saying that it's not happening because my wife was in the in the worked in a nursing home for a while and you know they, there's a lot of reports but i mean if it's outside and i'm not going to sit there and like hold somebody yeah why not you know keep keep the distance and let me cook i'd do it all right uh jeff rice and john solberg and doug shiding are right here as we talk about hot topics here in the barbecue and grilling world uh last question here for this evening and we'll go back to doug here uh, best and worst thing about owning a pellet cooker Okay, so I have to say I'm not an employee, but a paid consultant to trade. Oh, we so, know, Doug. Um, who gives a shit? Yeah, I know. I've got to. I've got to. So, opinions are my own. There's my CYA. Um, the best thing for me is I did my, you know, six years on the competition trail and cooking at home, you know, with uh, offsets as well as, you know, drums, et cetera. So, um, I firm believer, you need to have the fire management background. Um, so a pellet cooker to me eliminates that fire management for the most part. Um, you know, whatever temperature you want to cook it on. Um, but it's allowed me to spend that time and energy and effort on recipe development. And that's actually a lot of fun for me. So I have, you know, some recipes on Traeger's website, um, a few in the queue there, and then also head country. And then um, just got one on uh, Grill Girl uh, Robbins um, a couple of weeks ago. So to me, okay. it's it's made cooking a lot more fun and a lot more creative uh, from the standpoint of I can I can do a lot of different things and I cook all the time now. So without having to you know feed the beast and uh, put you know different size you know pieces of wood etc. So. The last time I did that, I did it at a San Antonio rodeo competition and had my phone on me, waking me up every 20 minutes. Mm. No, thanks. All right. Uh, Jeff Rice, best and worst things about having a pellet cook. Uh, the worst would be an auger jam. I have had one. I've only uh, cooked on a pellet grill for about a year, just a little over a year now. The thing that I like the best about it is that where Doug said, I can cook a little bit more because I can go get home from work, throw it in there, walk away, come back and check it. I don't have to sit and monitor any type of fire management that, and deal with that. Just set it at a temperature and let it roll. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's an easier way of cooking compared to charcoal and lumps of wood. John Solberg, you're a pellet guy. What's the best and worst thing about being a fan? Hands down, the best is absolute convenience. You can just put something on there, walk away, monitor on your phone if you want to do that. Um, you, you can't beat the convenience. The worst part about a pellet, being a pellet girl owner is things happen. It's a mechanical thing. It does require maintenance. Things are going to break. Things are going to go wrong. So there, there's, a, there's a trade-off, even though those things are few and far between. If When something goes bad with your pellet girl, it can be very bad. But, you know, if you take care of it, pay attention, you're going to be at a minimum. But it's mechanical. It breaks. Convenience. It's a win. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, uh, I, you know, I was the biggest critic of pellet cookers for years until I got the first one and realized that I might have been a little too harsh right off the bat. I've really never had any major mechanical issue, and now I've had any number of different pellet cookers uh, from very inexpensive to you know, all the way to, you know, the Timberline, which is, you know, easily one of the most expensive uh, uh, pellet cookers out there towards 1850 or whatever it is, although I got it for free. And uh, I just haven't had any major issues. The, the biggest inconvenience for me 
is uh, a if the pellets get wet. I mean that really sucks. Um, but it's more being tethered to the electric, right? I mean, uh, if it rains or if if a rainstorm comes out of nowhere, I mean you get all kind of dancey and worried about if things gonna become an electric discharge or if everything's going to get ruined or break or whatever. But, you know, outside of that, uh, I've been a, a big fan forever and ever. So uh, these are your embedded correspondents. Doug Scheiding is right there, and John Solberg's there, and there's Ricer right over there. So we are very happy to have you guys as always, and we will see you again in July. There they are, the embedded correspondents right there. I mean, it's you know, you know I'm on the air, right? Hold on a second before so I can read. What? Am I reading something? Dead. I want to play Hot Cross Buns. You better hurry. Get it on. Let me get the... I don't know if that's the right... Uh, sit down. Turn your lights on. But you got to hurry. Actually, let me do this read and then we'll we'll come back. So you can finish. Uh, all right, that's the embedded correspondence, and I will be coming back for a special playout. Let me talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills as we talk about pellet cookers. Some of the finest pellet cookers out there on the market today. You have a choice line, you have a prime line. If you want the tech, if you want internal meat probes, if you want peek-in windows on the cooking chamber and on the pellet hopper, all you have to do is get the Prime line. The Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boone are your sizes there. Same sizes for the Choice line, except you're not getting the uh, Wi-Fi and you're not getting the internal meat probes. But if you don't need the tech, that's fine. You can just go ahead and get the Choice and away you go. Both will accommodate the pizza of an insert. And if you want something to travel along, you can get the Davy Crockett. Travels in your car. You can make a whole bunch of really good food. You're not sacrificing a tremendous amount of quality uh, or capacity for your ability to travel. So very exciting. GreenMountainGrills.com. You also have pellets and rubs and sauces and other accessories aside from the pellet oven or the the pizza oven. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. We are back with a special playout right after this. Stick around. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, this portion of the show being brought to you by The Smoke Sheet, a free weekly newsletter that keeps you in the know on everything happening in the barbecue world. Brought to you by Ryan Cooper and Sean Ludwig. Go to bbqnewsletter.com to sign up now. It's a great all-in-one resource covering the live fire industry. Well, now i got to fix that camera. You sit. There. Don't worry about how it looks to you. I'm the one that's doing it here. All right, so joining me now to, uh, as they say, uh, play us out. And I don't even know what that means to play us out. What does that mean, play us out? Is none other than the current starting middle for the Seton Hill University Griffins, Bobby Ramp. Now, let me see where you're actually at here. Tap your microphone so I can see which one is that. It's, it's the black one. Uh, yeah, but I'm just trying to figure out. All right, uh, so, uh, Bobby, uh, greetings and welcome back to the show. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have to put the microphone up to your face if you want us to hear. Hello. Yeah, okay. I can, oh, I can't right. hear myself. That's all right. And there I go. Probably can now, right? Yeah. All right. And what are you doing tonight? I'm just going to play everyone a little song. All right, hurry up. Okay, hang on. I need to send to my friends. <laughs> Okay, I don't know where I should put this thing. Okay, ready? Well, we need to make it sure, like, point it down more so we can make sure it gets, you know, it picks up. Okay, ready? Can you hear me? Oh, yes. Okay, ready? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Sorry.
Wow, we. That is something else. I mean, what? when did you learn how to do that? The third grade or something. Wow. And it just comes back. It's like riding a bike. All right. All right. People are jumping off the bridge as we say. Is that it? Okay. That's it. Very good. I'll cut back to me and mute these back. Wow. A successful impromptu hot cross buns playing us out. As they say. I don't even know what that means to play us out. You mean to play a song? Yes. All right. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Rusty Monson from Salt City Barbecue. We congratulate him on snagging his first grand championship. Then we talked with Derek Riches from DerekRiches.com. Second hour, we had the embedded correspondents, Doug Scheiding, John Solberg, and Jeff Rice covering a myriad of topics. Next week, we have Ryan from Pits and Spits. That is confirmed. I'm working on a gastrointestinal doctor. I'm not sure exactly when that might be happening. It could be happening next week or the 7th or the 20th of July. We'll see. Big show planned regardless. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American. Good night now.